when Dame Deborah Jones, who hopefully some of your listeners will have heard of, she was a fierce advocate for bowel cancer and talking about checking your poo and opening up those conversations. And I just wanted to do something. I just was kind of like galvanized by the situation at that time. And I was like, I work for MS, we have own branded loo rolls. Surely if Deborah James can get a nation behind her story, I can get some corporates to put signs and symptoms on their loo roll. But I'm sure many of your listeners will know it's not always as easy as that with corporates. The lion's share of our honour roll partners shared symptoms messages on their social media and they helped to promote that message, you know, through these other channels that they have access to. We've now got 10 partners live, Audi, Andrex, Asda, B&M, Co-op, M&S, Morrisons, Ocado, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, big names, incredible names. And they've all got those messages on pack, which is just outstanding. Hey there, this is Rob Woods and welcome to episode 132 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in fundraising, who wants some ideas and maybe a dose of inspiration to help you raise more money and really enjoy your job. So one of the things I found could often be underestimated in fundraising is the potential for corporate partnerships to make a big difference to your overall mission, in addition to the difference they make financially. Most companies have various valuable resources that can help, and one of these resources is their reach. And it's important to note that it doesn't have to be an either-or situation, by which I mean partnering with companies to reach a bigger audience doesn't mean they won't also raise or donate cash. But while lots of fundraisers are well aware of the huge power of these partnerships, it's one thing to know it, and another to go out and make them happen. So I was really impressed last year when I heard about Bell Cancer UK's Get On A Roll campaign. Not least because they found a way to partner with not just one, but with more than a dozen leading players in one product category that's relevant to their cause. So whether you feel your cause is less glamorous than others, or you're dreaming big of what it would take to build partnerships with the leading players in an industry sector, and you want to know how Bowel Cancer UK and their fabulous supporters have pulled this off, I hope you're going to really enjoy this episode. My conversation was with Cara Hoof, who's a long-standing committed supporter of Bowel Cancer UK, as well as being an employee of the well-known UK retailer Marks and Spencers, and also with Sabrina Nixon, who works at Bowel Cancer UK. This story really inspired me, and I hope it does the same for you. Hello to Sabrina. Hello, Cara. Welcome to you both to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having us on. You are very welcome. I've been so looking forward to this conversation ever since I first saw and heard about the Get On A Roll campaign, because it's really innovative and impressive in so many ways. And I hope that this story can help lots and lots of other fundraisers and charities. So thank you for making time. Would you each mind letting us know what your role is? Sure. So hi, um, I'm Sabrina and I head up the Partnerships and Philanthropy team at Bowel Cancer UK, which is the UK's leading bowel cancer charity. I've had the pleasure of working there for 18 months and what an 18 months they've been. It's a privilege to be here to talk about partnerships, which are really something I feel hugely passionate about. Thank you very much. And yes, it must have been an amazing year and a half because it does seem to be an amazing momentum going on for your cause and for your charity. And that is in some way uh, linked to this extraordinary thing that 
Kara has helped to achieve. Kara, what's your role in terms of your day job and uh, what's your role in helping the charity? Yeah, my day job, I work for Marks & Spencer, so well-known British retailer that I'm sure many of your listeners will love. And I'm a adoption specialist there, so I work within a central team just helping with like change, transformation, learning. It's kind of a bit of everything, so quite a varied role. And in terms of the charity, so I am a patient, so I was diagnosed with stage 4 bowel cancer when I was 32, went through many years of treatment, have actually had a second cancer since not going for a triple crown and ever since I was diagnosed I've been involved with Bowel Cancer UK it started with really with becoming part of a patient community and getting to know people just for support in that way and then as I became able to I wanted to sort of give back I think it's probably a usual thing for many patients and I've been involved in different activities through the charity and work quite closely with them on various things really from being in their pilot research team across to sporting events around people young people with cancer really in the community there so lots of different ways you've been helping the charity I hope so yes (laughs) yeah and in a moment I'm really keen for our listeners to hear the gist of what the get on a roll campaign was but maybe the starting point is why you decided to do something and therefore the genesis of this idea? I think in terms of this campaign, really, it was very much a moment in time when Dame Deborah Janes, who hopefully some of your listeners will have heard of, she was a fierce advocate for bowel cancer and talking about checking your poo and opening up those conversations. She announced, I think just over a year ago now, that her treatment was ending and she was going to hospice care. So Deborah was somebody that I'd met at the very beginning of my treatment. We were diagnosed in the same year. And over the years, we'd kind of shared what was going on in our treatment and supported each other in various ways and been involved in volunteering volunteer activity and when I heard that news it was just a moment where I was reflecting on how many friends that I've lost over the years to the disease how my story's been so different to those people and I just wanted to do something I just was kind of like galvanized by the situation at that time and that was it really that was when I was just sat there I was like I know we've joked about having signs and symptoms on toilet doors how can we get this out in kind of like a guerrilla marketing style can we put them on loo rolls and I was like I work for M&S we have own branded loo rolls surely if Deborah James can get a nation behind her story I can get some corporates to put signs and symptoms on their loo roll but I'm sure many of your listeners will know it's not always as easy as that with corporates and um, I think I've been very fortunate really in getting that kick-started. Yeah and at the heart of it am I right to think that most bowel cancers are treatable and to some extent preventable if you catch them early enough. Absolutely. In this country, bowel cancer is the second biggest cancer killer, but it really doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be because what's actually possible now with the treatments and cures which have been developed over the years is that if you get diagnosed at stage one, nine in 10 people will be able to live beyond five years. Like it's very survivable. It's very treatable. Unfortunately, that at the latest stage, those stats flip on their heads. So one in 10 people live beyond five years. And unfortunately, more and more, we're seeing people arriving in emergency settings and getting diagnosed much, much later than they actually perhaps saw those first symptoms. And two of those top five red flag symptoms happen while you're on the toilet. So bleeding from your bottom or blood in your poo, 
a change in your bowel habit, whether that's a strange color or different consistency, you're going more regularly, all of that stuff. It's knowing what's normal for you and understanding has that changed. And if it has, just getting in touch with your GP and reaching out. But I think far too often what we saw was that people just didn't know those were symptoms to be worried about. And personally, like my story about why I'm working at Bowel Cancer UK is about three or four years ago now, I noticed blood and mucus in my poo and thought, oh, that's really scary and kind of brushed it under the carpet. I was really scared by it. I think a lot of people are and they have lots of different reasons as why you don't go to the GP. But I also didn't really know the severity of what that could mean. And so I delayed going to my doctor. And when I eventually did go, I was rapidly pushed through the system. I got diagnostic tests done and I was diagnosed with an inflammatory bowel disease, which actually is treatable and manageable. My day-to-day life is so much better now than it was before. But the thing is, what we say as a charity is rule out bowel cancer first and fast, because if it is bowel cancer and you're diagnosed early, then your chances of treatment are absolutely so much better. So what was the Get On A Roll campaign? What happened? What was the call to action? And how you managed to get it moving in the first place? Fundamentally, the the simple ask was to go to retailers to say, please put bowel cancer symptoms on your toilet roll. It was a really simple ask. It was very clear, but it all was sparked by Cara approaching her employer, Marks and Spencers. We've got a colleague suggestion scheme called Straight to Stuart, which gives us the opportunity as colleagues to share our ideas directly to the CEO and his office. And those are then implemented if they get a yes. That really showcases MS's belief in its employees to have that power of change and transformational effects. So I then advocated across the senior leadership team as well at the same time, because I thought in that situation, I am quite reserved, I would say, but I had a what would Deborah James do moment once I'd submitted it, the idea, because I was like, it doesn't feel enough just to submit it through the app. It could quite easily be ignored, even with everything going on. And I sat there as like, I've got a powerful personal story myself. I'd shared it before. Let's let's share that again, but with a purpose and an ask to it. So I emailed each of the senior leaders at that time. So Archie Norman, our chairman, um, Katie Bickerstaff and Stuart Machen, who are the co-CEOs, just explaining what had happened to me, what was going on around Dame Deb James, and then what I wanted them to do. And everything happened so fast. It was like within 24 hours, I'd got people in the business units coming to me, sharing stories behind it. And Stuart had just gone, yes, I think all of those people had some kind of personal anecdote relating to bowel cancer, whether that was someone they knew, a family member. And it triggered a lot of stories actually within the company about how people had that connection. And it was the first time since I was diagnosed in 2016 that I'd heard anybody in the company talk about it other than myself. I thought a bit like I was this one person walking around, you know, touting my story. But that happened really quickly. And then I think we were really fortunate in the timing of the production of the Lou rolls because MS were going through a rebranding. They were on that like cutoff point of literally signing off all this new wrapper branding. Um, we were tied to quite strict deadlines in terms of like in, over the next 48 hours, we need to submit the final drafts of the artwork. So I think it galvanized that into really quick motion. And I think that that power of having the CEO behind you does 
make a difference in the corporate world. He also then said during the launch that he was going to challenge other retailers to follow MS's lead, which then obviously gave us license as a charity to say, thank you very much, Stuart. We will absolutely run with this because it's incredibly rare for sectors, specifically competitors, to collaborate with one another on a campaign, particularly with charities, because it often is seen as a differentiator. It's a way for them to kind of position their product as something different from what their other competitors are doing. But because it was own brand Lubol, it really was a product which it's very simple and easy to change because it's all within the power of that company, of that retailer, to change the products, to change and put those symptoms on, on that packaging. But it by no means was a simple ask. I mean, obviously, there's so many different competing priorities across, obviously, the news cycle. Why bowel cancer? Why should we sit up and listen? But actually, there was this kind of perfect storm almost where Dame Deborah James was in the headlines most days talking about her story about bowel cancer and the fact she was entering end-of-life care, which really captured the nation's attention. And people were talking about bowel cancer like never before. From an MS perspective, there was a new CEO, there was change happening there. So again, Stuart was sort of coming in. And, and again, sort of there is that external pressure to think about how are you showing up and how are you showing your customers that you are responding to what's happening in the wider world and, and what's the right thing to do. And from that sort of launch with MS, we created a get on a roll campaign as a charity where we put the simple ask out um, to via our amazing supporters as a network of campaigners, we call them, but also anyone who got a newsletter from Bowel Cancer UK received the call to action saying, please send a tweet, a letter, any which way you can get in touch with your supermarket, which you shop at. Please send this message and saying, please put bowel cancer symptoms on the loo roll that you have power over. And very quickly, I think it was probably within about six days of launching the campaign, we had the first company come out of the woodwork following MS's lead, which was Andrex. Of all the businesses, Andrex, they have a presence in one in three UK households. And this was huge. And whilst it wasn't obviously the supermarkets that we were sort of campaigning and advocating and lobbying for, for them to approach us and say, we're going to do this. Definitely thanks to the seeds planted by Dame Deborah James, putting uh, the poo emoji on the Andrex puppy and talking very candidly as well about the campaign that we were doing alongside Cara. I think that there is this domino effect that we then saw, which was supermarkets also realised, ah, this is something that's being directed at us. Our customers are coming to us and saying, this is something you should do. We're feeling this kind of groundswell well of interest in this can we do this can we make this happen and yeah within a space of a week we had five partners sign up and in my entire career of working corporate partnerships I know how long it takes to go from talking to a company for the first time sort of working through where your missions and your visions overlap and what you could do together and working up contracts all of these complicated things that you have to do often take months maybe even years from the first conversation to launching, it was days, like or even hours in some cases, which was absolutely wild. But it was genuinely thanks to the simplicity of the ask, that domino effect that these companies really felt that they wanted to show up and do something. And they were being asked to do so by people that they need to listen to, which is their customers. And I think that was a really key part of the success of the campaign. Hi, it's Rob. And I wanted to jump in quickly to tell you about our two flagship training programs. That's Major Gifts Mastery and the Corporate Partnerships Mastery Programme. These programmes help you make serious progress 
through a combination of masterclasses with me and individual coaching or mentoring support. A key ingredient that makes them effective is that in addition to the techniques we teach, we also put great effort into helping you build your confidence and proactivity to reach out and set up conversations or project visits or so-called test drives with potential supporters. We've found that almost everyone who does these programs manages to at least double their results in this crucial area. To give you a sense of how powerful this can be, here is Lily Whitlam, Partnership Development Manager at Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity, talking about how it helped her. I had had a session with my mentor and we had a discussion about, you know, what, what can I do to really press on those test drives? And it was just a case of chasing, chasing, you know, doing, putting together all that activity in December, knowing that in January it would pay off with these test drives. And once I'd had them, I... Yeah, as I said, I had six in total, um, and one of them has actually led to a million-dollar donation from a company, which is absolutely unbelievable and something that we didn't think would happen, you know. But I think it's just a testament to that that motivation, that clear focus that I had kind of from the program and that focus activity between December and January, and that's something I'll kind of I'll carry with me, knowing that if you put in that effort in December for January when it's traditionally a quieter month people don't have much going on I mean I had the busiest January of my working career and that was because I had that motivation and that focus I knew what I was doing and just the energy I felt from it and again I'm not going to forget that energy so I think it's only going to make the work I do next stronger because I've, I know what that feeling was like and it's something that yeah I can celebrate and feel really proud of. To find out more about either Major Gifts Mastery or Corporate Partnerships Mastery go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. All of these things are so helpful to hear because some of our listeners to this podcast may well be working for a company and have a cause they care deeply about, but up until now not quite felt empowered to go and talk to their leadership and, and get something done to help this important issue. That simple, clear recipe you've said there of keeping it simple, sharing your story. And it sounds like that was in a way the catalyst that until you shared yours, it, it just yeah. was more I to think, do, wasn't it? I think that's one of the things that I actually struggled with at the time. I did have that kind of grapple of like, okay, so we've got this high profile person who's now in hospice care. It's a very sensitive time. What she did in the platform and then this sudden growth of her platform created opportunities. But the last thing that any of us want to do, especially as patients, is to be seen to be jumping on something. But it's the sensitive balance between actually, do you know what, she's fought fiercely over the last five years to open up a space to do this and to talk about symptoms and get the symptoms out there that it's something that she would want to see and it was very important for me as a patient and working on that that I involved her from the beginning so once I'd submitted that idea and I knew it was happening within MS, I did speak to Deborah I was like this is what we're going to do we can't speak about it publicly yet but I want you to know that it's happening and I hope that you'll support it she was so keen to help she supported and that's how we kind of then bubbled out so from a patient perspective before get on a roll was launched I wrote to all the CEO 
offices of the major retailers just doing the same that I'd done with Stuart sharing part of my story and what we'd put into action at M&S asking if they would consider doing the same. Obviously Deborah worked on well actually was instrumental on the No Butts campaign with Lorraine on ITV so I was invited on to Lorraine so I talked about it on there and they'd actually got Deborah to do a video messaging. So whilst Bile Cancer UK were putting together the Get on a Roll social campaign and getting our supporters I was then there working with Deborah and just trying to get the message in a different way that like more personal side of it as well and that comes back again doesn't it to that thought of like collaboration and like charities working closely with patients or people can really have good joint effect because you're reaching out to kind of different areas and putting different things into motion that together become a really powerful effect. Definitely I I couldn't agree more with what you're sharing there Cara but I think what the Get on a Roll campaign did was it gave this real beacon of hope and excitement and positivity around something which was obviously incredibly sad but fundamentally innately kind of a Dame Deborah James style campaign like that's all she was like lobbying for and advocating for was break the poo taboo let's raise awareness and Cara's point about what would Deborah do like very much was kind of at the core and at the heart of that campaign but also what would our supporters want? What would they want to do? And they want more people to know the symptoms of bowel cancer so that they get diagnosed as early as possible and aren't in the same situation as what she was in or that many other people in the community are in where they're facing end of life. And as you said, Rob, earlier on, to see all of those companies come together and say, we're going to show up and we're going to do this and this is why was just so inspiring and so exciting. And I also just wanted to say on the stories piece as well, from from Carl's perspective about, I guess, the bravery of people who've obviously been through something as life-changing as bowel cancer. We had B&M, who are one of our partners, and they actually came to us because one of their colleagues, Jane, was diagnosed with bowel cancer and she'd seen the campaign and said, well, why doesn't B&M do that? So in the same vein as what Cara did internally with an M&S, she then said to B&M, why aren't we doing this? Like, we should definitely do this. And she shared her story and she was brave enough to do that. And they listened and they picked up that phone and they got in touch with us and we're now working with them. And, you know, they're part of the campaign too. And I think it is just those kind of pockets where there's probably many, many more of those stories that are across this entire campaign that we just don't know about. And these are just the ones that are on the surface and ones that people have felt comfortable enough for us to be able to put in those press releases and share like far and wide and be like, this is the power that your voice can have. Creates that momentum, doesn't it? Because I think what the campaign was, was so simple. All it was, (laughs) um, was the five symptoms. And we put it on toilet doors and we put it on toilet rolls. But actually we've got the, the partnerships with the supermarkets, retailers, but it's something that anybody could join as a campaign as well. So you could be somebody that's working in a business with 10 people and see that campaign and think, actually, yeah, do you know what? We can print off that information from Bowel Cancer UK and stick it on our toilet doors. Like they could be part of that campaign as well. It wasn't out of reach. So it has a broad spectrum because of the simplicity of the kind of messaging around it. Yeah, I really like this theme of simplicity and it's relatively easy for someone to say yes 
to do. I mean, they still, for a company, there are decisions to be made. In even practical terms, in terms of the simplicity. So one of the things, again, um, as many of you who have worked with companies and in partnerships with charities before will understand is that there's often a lot of complications around how do you align your brands and how do you create something which has a look and feel that's both the company and also the charity. But actually what we saw with this campaign was that because it was an own brand product, with the exception of Rashia Landrex, but these companies were saying, we're happy to lift your bowel cancer UK artwork and just put that on our loo roll packs. And again, it's just that ease and that simplicity and the streamlined way that we were able to work with those themes at, at the supermarkets. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting as well. It's like obviously the simplicity of message, of course. And as the campaign developed and more and more partners came on board, we've now got 10 partners live, Audi, Andrex, Asda, B&M, Co-op, M&S, Morrison's, Ocado, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, big names, incredible names. And they've all got those messages on pack, which is just outstanding. So, yeah, I think that simplicity of ask is something that all charities probably have their equivalent of this. It's just how do you distill it and how do you make that ask? But one thing to, to, to say actually on that is at Bow Cancer UK, we have been knocking on doors for many, many years. And, and I think it is also, it's choosing the right moment. It's choosing the right partner. It's choosing the right moment. It's choosing who also makes that ask as well. And as a fundraiser, we're well practiced at, you know, approaching people cold and saying, hiya, would you like to work with our charity? But actually, sometimes it's not right that you're at the forefront of that. And actually, what this campaign's really taught me is just the profound power of an ask that comes directly from your community of supporters or patients with that actual experience of saying, this is what we need you to do. And this is why it matters to me, as well as many other people who are your customers, your staff and general public. Obviously, the, the focus of why we are doing what we're doing is to raise awareness. And we've actually got some really impressive figures which, which show the impact. So nine months after we launched the campaign, 38% of the public said that they saw the campaign. To have that kind of level of visibility for like guess on a roll was massive. So we were so excited by that. And what that translated to in terms of awareness was part of the challenge that we faced was that people didn't know these red flag symptoms of bowel cancer. And in fact, less than half of UK adults could name a single bowel cancer symptom. And just for reference, those symptoms are blood in your poo or bleeding from your bottom, a change in your bowel habit, excessive weight loss, extreme tiredness for no obvious reason, and a pain or lump in your tummy. So those five symptoms, which don't trip off the tongue, and it's also really important for us to think about, they could actually be anything in many ways. They could actually be a symptom of, of many, many things, but ultimately they are the most common symptoms of bowel cancer. So it's so important you go to your GP and have a conversation if you see any of those. But in February 2023, we found that the number of people who can name at least one symptom of bowel cancer had risen by seven percentage points. So it's up to 62%. And actually, we repeated the survey again in May. We found this has increased to 74%, which is huge. And we had a five-year strategic goal of raising that up to 70%. So bear in mind, we need to sustain that. We can't rest on our laurels. We can't say job done. That's that's amazing. People now know because as many of your listeners who work in the awareness space, they will realize that actually it's sustainability. It's the sustainability, the regularity of seeing those messages, because fundamentally people aren't going to be going to the loo every day and seeing blood in their poo. It might just be many years down the line from the first time they saw those symptoms that they might be experiencing that. 
And it's so important that we take that step back and think about where are we putting that messaging? Who is seeing it? And who needs to see it most? And actually, one of the powerful legacies of the Get On A Roll campaign is that obviously the donations that that were given, but also the the profile that these partners helped to raise has helped us, the charity, think about what's next. And we're going really big on that early diagnosis challenge, which will mean that we're going large with awareness. And Bowel Cancer Awareness Month this year was our our starter for 10 on that, where we were doing uh, Know the High Five, which was a quiz that people could take. But we've got so much more to do in that space. So again, I think it's, it's just really exciting to see that we're having an impact, we're making a change, but we need more people to get on board with us and we need to continue to make that impact. Thank you, Sabrina. It's a, I mean, it's a wonderful story on many levels. And most importantly, it's achieving the whole fundamental reason why you've all worked so hard in the first place. So thank you for A, reiterating the, the symptoms and B, sharing those numbers. I read that the last message from Dame Deborah James was offering advice that we should do several things. And one of them was take risks. And another was to always have rebellious hope. Yeah. Always, always have rebellious hope. (laughs) And and, and, and of course, importantly, and finally, check your poo. It could just save your life. But um, for now, Cara, although you say you feel you're someone who is a little reserved and and takes things steadily through the process, it seems to me the reason we're talking about this now and this campaign has made such a difference is because you took risks and had rebellious hope. Yeah. Deborah's actions inspired me and obviously like emulating some of that and taking inspiration from what she did gave me a fire to kind of continue what I was doing. Ultimately, that's given me more confidence as well. I know that's a very personal outcome from it, but actually it's one of the things that was amazing about Deborah's story is the way that she inspired different people and ultimately in that it's people finding their strengths and working to those strengths and then those people coming together to have a really powerful outcome I think that's really important thank you well I need to get you both away because we've already spoken for far longer (laughs) than I said we would but to just sum up thank you both ever so much for a such a successful wonderful campaign that took courage and hard work and rebellious hope and all the rest of it And then now giving up extra time to to come and share these insights that hopefully will help other charities, other fundraisers, other good causes. I really, really appreciate it. And on a personal level, you've inspired me in so many different things you've said today. So thank you so much for this conversation. I hope it really helps our listeners. Uh, And I will continue to watch with great interest what happens next for the Get On A Roll campaign. Thank you, Cara. Thank you, Sabrina. Bye-bye. Thank Thank you. So I hope you found our conversation helpful. If you think it would help other people too, please do share it on either with your team or with other charities. Thank you so much for your help. Do let us know what you think of this episode. On Twitter, Sabrina is at Sabi Nixon and I am at Woods underscore Rob. And we're also on LinkedIn. And if you don't already follow the Fundraising Bright Spot show, please do that now so that you don't miss out on any of the other episodes we're releasing over the next few weeks. As always, there's a transcript and a short summary of the episode in the podcast section of our Bright Spot fundraising website. And if you're a corporate fundraiser or a major gifts fundraiser and you'd like to find out about our two long-standing flagship programs, that's Corporate Partnerships Mastery or the Major Gifts Mastery Program, which have now helped hundreds and hundreds of fundraisers to grow income over the last nine years, do check out the info on our website 
which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. Thank you so much for listening today. Best of luck with your corporate partnerships and I look forward to sharing some more great insights next time. Mm-hmm.